Welcome to Ryan Rants and Raves, a podcast series by the Quebec government office in New York. Bienvenue à Ryan Rants and Raves, une série de podcasts par le gouvernement du Québec à New York. Today, um, I'm very excited to be with Gabrielle Korn. I was looking forward to this interview. She's someone who I respect ever since I met her, due to her candor. And you might know her because she was the editor-in-chief at Nylon Magazine. And she just recently wrote a book that will be coming out next week. It's called Everybody Else is Perfect. Gabrielle, thank you for taking the time to be with me. Thank you so much for having me, Ryan. It's always great to talk to you. To start, um, can you just chat about what inspired you to write this book? Yeah, definitely. I was at a place in my life where I had experienced professional success at a really young age, but at the cost of my own personal life. So um, I became editor-in-chief of Nylon when I was 28, and to get there had made work my entire life. And because of that, I was dealing with some health issues, with relationship drama, with just not knowing really who I was or what I wanted. And I started writing about what was happening just to kind of process it. And because I was a journalist, I had the benefit of already having kind of a public profile. So what ended up happening was a literary agent who had been following my writing reached out to me and asked me if I had ever thought about a book. And I was like, well, sort of. And like, I have all of these things. And um, she was like, just send me everything you have and then we'll talk about it. Um, And so she and I shaped it into a book proposal. What I adored about the novel is because since you wrote about, you know, some trials during your experience with work is it's very easy to read. It's like having coffee with you. Like you're there in the room. It was a book that, you know, I started at 11 p.m. at night and then I looked up at the clock and it was already 2 a.m. And I finished it. And I think that is um, (laughs) rare to find with novels. And so I, I really loved the honesty that you that you had in the novel about the industry and the challenges and, the, you know, the successes. Thank you so much. That's really nice to hear. I mean, I think because I learned how to write for the Internet, having kind of a conversational tone is feels really natural to me. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's something for all ages, someone who's in their teens and, you know, someone like me, um, for example, just to realize how I was privileged that I never even realized that, how being on the subway that you experienced, you know, the cat calling, that's something that I have never experienced and sometimes don't really think about until someone else shares those stories. Mm, yeah, being a woman in the city is a very specific experience. In your book, um, you had mentioned um, the cover story, and if I mispronounce the name, please correct me, with Aja Naomi King. Mm-hmm. Um, can you share a, bit, a little bit more about that shoot? Sure. Um, So uh, it's Asia, actually. She was a February cover star. It was our Black History Month issue. And something I had started doing um, a lot earlier was making sure that whoever the cover star was, that the crew producing the shoot was from the same community. So when we had women of color who were cover stars, I tried my best to hire all women of color to be the stylists and the photographers and the makeup artists and the videographers and everyone who goes into making a shoot what you see, because I felt like the behind the scenes was as important as what was happening in front of the camera. And in order for the diversity to not be superficial, we had to be paying people and giving money back to the communities. And it wasn't always possible, but when it was, it was really magic. And Asia's shoot, all of the people that we hired were Black women. And 
she she really appreciated it and that was really meaningful for me because um she was basically she said when we were interviewing her on camera like this is the first time I've ever been in a situation like this and it means so much to me and and you know you doing that is creating some change in the industry because I just saw the hair so sorry <laughs> no <laughs> we just talked chat about how I had the puppy so yeah I have an adult <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, uh, vocal is always good. I'm happy she could join the conversation as well. <laughs> <laughs> but with, with you know, Asia shoots, I think it's something that's very telling in the industry. And it was the first time that she's experienced that. And I think it's great that when you, you were there, that you always made strides to hire people of color to work with people of color. Thank you. And my hope was that it would be something that people took with them into the next spaces they were in, like that once they were given that space, that they would expect it moving forward and ask for it if they didn't have it. Exactly. I also want to touch up upon, you know, because you've always been, you know, an advocate and a champion for stories and your values that traditional media usually ignores, you know, with inclusivity, you know, we spoke about, you know, Asia's shoot, diversity and feminism, LGBTQ. What resistance have you seen in that? And do you think there's been progress? I do think there's been a little bit of progress. I think obviously we have so far to go. Um, But I think the resistance is that there's this perception in media and especially in the more traditional media spaces that marginalized communities don't sell covers. And there was a really infamous Condé Nast spreadsheet that used to break out cover stars by race to prove that women of color weren't selling as much covers as white women. So there's there's this attitude that like, if you want to prioritize diversity, you're losing traffic and revenue. And that was what I was up against. And I my team proved that that wasn't true, that you just have to do it the right way. Wow, that that's that's I never knew that Condé Nast actually did that. It's it's something that really speaks to some institutional problems. And while reading your book, what I thought of, I don't know if you ever read any Toni Morrison, but the bluest eye. Yeah. And all of it is, is if you're not in, in the bluest eye, it speaks about, you know, how children who were of color would only see Barbie dolls that were white and with blonde hair, blue eyes like me. And then and then, you know, that's what their impression with beauty is. And so for media not casting people of color, it creates that same sort of problem, in my opinion. Completely. And it it upholds, in the end, white supremacy. Because when you prioritize white people, that's literally what you're saying. And I think the media was really resistant to acknowledging its own role in that up until really this past June when the social justice reckoning started happening. Thing that leads me to my next question is, you know, because of the social justice reckoning, you know, a lot of brands have been readdressing, you know, how they do their business and how they portray their campaigns. But how is that actually authentic? I think it has to start with hiring and retention. Um, you can't just have an outward facing mission. You have to walk the walk and you have to like hire a diverse group of people and treat them well enough that they want to stay. Perfect. And in the book, I know you mentioned there's 10 things that they can check off. And I know you mentioned some of them, 
Um, is there any other that you would like to mention? I mean, that list, I don't know if I can add to that list. <laughs> <laughs> well, to read the book and then, and then we could go for it. They, they could read it once they read the book. Um, now, I do want to chat about, since you've now left the industry, um, can you speak to why it felt right for you to make this transition? There were a bunch of things. I mean, I think I was so burnt out on editorial and I really needed a big change. And um, the Netflix job just kind of came out of nowhere and was a really great opportunity. But I also, in having these conversations, because I I ended up going back to refinery after Nylon, um, I felt like there was no ethical way for me to take up space in a leadership role as a white woman in media. And um, I just started to feel like I, at some point, would want a promotion, but I also felt like I shouldn't have one because there should be a woman of color in that role. And I think that that speaks to you staying true to yourself and your, you know, what you are as an activist, you know, doing the decisions that's not only best for you, but for the community and the whole. Thank you. I do, you know, want to chat about Quebec just because Quebec, you know, is the sponsor of this podcast and I'm very thankful to the province, but is there anything you would like to say about Montreal, Quebec, maybe a brand or um, maybe the city, any comments? Okay. I still haven't been. (laughs) We'll change that soon. Yeah, it is high up on my list of places that I want to go. And I think what was one of the things that was so valuable about my relationship with you when you like popped up into my life was that you introduced me to so many amazing Canadian brands that I never would have encountered otherwise. Um, And I'm going to mispronounce her name, but the person who comes to mind is Marie Saint-Pierre. Is that? Yeah, Marie Saint-Pierre. Yes. Yeah. um, She's amazing and so iconic and no one else was pitching her to me. So I think, I think you were such an amazing gateway to that whole world. Thank you for your positive comments. She, she's beautiful. And, you know, that's one of the reasons why I'm here to share that Quebec is a center and people should always think about that. And we will have you coming to Montreal sometime when safe to travel. <laughs> Thank you. I <laughs> so I do want to ask about, you know, your book is coming out the t- January 26th. And please correct me if I'm wrong. But where can your book be found? Where can someone purchase the book and learn more? Anywhere books are sold, um, if you go to my Instagram, which is at Gabrielle Corn, there's a link in my bio. Um, you can find it at indie bookstores, Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Can it ship to Canada as well for my Canadian yeah. listeners? Yes, definitely. Wonderful. Well, thank you, Gabrielle. Um, I get to my listeners, I'll say I highly recommend this, this book. It's something that for any age, and it, it's a learning experience. Thank you so much. Merci d'avoir écouté Ryan's Rants and Raves. Suivez-nous sur Instagram at Ryan's Rants and Raves. Thank you for listening to Ryan's Rants and Raves. Follow us on Instagram at Ryan's Rants and Raves. À très bientôt.